Hello and welcome to episode six of the N4D podcast series on the politics of ending malnutrition. Um, I'm joined here today by my colleague, Jeremy Shoham. Do you want to say hello, Jeremy? And we want to provide an introduction to episode six, which focuses entirely on national information platforms for nutrition, or we use the acronym NIPIN, and we'll use that throughout this podcast. And the reason that we're focusing episode six on NIPIN is because N4D has recently evaluated NIPIN and we've been doing this over a period of a year. So we got really into the detail of this program. Jeremy's going to tell us a little bit about it in a minute. But we were also so impressed by what we found out about NIPIN during the last year and the evaluation process. And we wanted to ensure that some of the lessons and some of the standout features of this program are shared with you all. So following this introduction, we have two types of conversations with key guests, those involved with NIPIN at the global level and then the country NIPINs. And for the countries, our guests are speaking from Ethiopia, from Niger and from Kenya. And they all have an enormous amount to say about what they have learned about NIPIN and the results of some of their activities over the recent years. So perhaps before we listen to our guests from the global and country level, it might be helpful to say a bit about what NIPIN is and what we would like you as our listeners to understand about NIPIN. And so I'm going to hand over to Jeremy, who's just going to recount some of the key features um, in his mind that really make NIPIN um, a standout programme of work. Over to you, Jeremy. Thank you, Carmel. Yes, so NIPIN, which was started in 2015 in nine countries, was originally funded by the EU, Gates and DFID which is now FCDO. Uh, the idea of NIPIN was to strengthen the capacity of countries to use nutrition data to inform policy and programming. The idea was that it would be rolled out in some scaling up nutrition countries. And the context for this really is that at global level, there has been growing recognition that there had been considerable underinvestment uh, in nutrition information systems. Uh, and that, that this was a huge gap which needed to be remedied. Now, up until NIPIN, there had been a series of international initiatives to strengthen data collection at country level. But none of these really had adopted the NIPIN approach, which was to ensure ownership by governments of nutrition information systems and embedding the whole nutrition information system capacity within government institutions. So that is a unique, perhaps the most important and unique feature of NIPIN. Now, NIPIN also uh, arrived, or the the understanding, the thinking around NIPIN arrived at a time when there was a a growing groundswell of opinion that we need multi-sector data and multi-sector approaches to address nutrition. So NIPIN was very much predicated on the idea of collating uh, existing data sets across sectors, health, wash, social protection, agriculture, etc. And collating this information in a way that it could be used to answer key questions which policymakers and decision makers working in the nutrition space needed to answer at country level. And that's, I think, Nipin in a nutshell. The only other thing to say is that Nipin involves what they call a policy analysis cycle at country level, where key stakeholders get together and decide what are the unanswered questions at country level that Nipin needs to address and answer. Great. I think that's a very good summary of Nipin. Thank you. And we'll let our listeners just listen to our global and country guests who have so much to say about their experience with this approach. I think 
perhaps one other thing to mention about Nipim is when uh, the program is being set up in a country, they have these what are called scoping missions. And it's interesting how much attention the teams that go in and look at a country's, let's say, viability and appetite for Nipim, how much attention they afford to really understanding the institutional and political economy situation in a given country. And I think that attention to those factors, if you like, or those features of a country have really helped enable the success of Nipin that we see today. Now, that's not to say Nipin hasn't had its difficulties. It absolutely has. In a lot of countries, Nipin took a long time to get off the ground. Um, some countries have struggled with seeing how they're going to get to a more sustainable government-funded um, arrangement for the future of Nipin. But by and large, just to conclude our introduction, Jeremy and I, who were most involved in the evaluation of Nipin, are of the mind that Nipin is a mainly uh, positive example of how to really go about long-term programming in a country, and in this sense, mm. to improve information systems. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Very positive experience for both of us. Mm. Okay, so uh, we welcome uh, you all to listen to the rest of this um, series six, and episode six, rather, and thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. So what I'd like to do is welcome our three guests from Kenya to this podcast, which is all about the national information platforms for nutrition, which in fact in Kenya is known as NIPFIN because they added food and nutrition, which I think is really smart. So welcome to our friends from the Kenya Institute of Public Policy Research and Analysis, which we all know as KIPRA. That's the acronym which we'll use through the rest of this podcast. And with us today, we have Dr. Elder Onsomu, who is the Director of Economic Management uh, and also of NIPIN within KIPRA. And we have Isabella Kiplagat, who is the Senior Policy Analyst uh, for the NIPIN project in Kipra. And finally, we have Mohamed Nur Dubar, who is uh, involved in communications, a very important area within Kipra as well. So I'd like to welcome all of you, if you could perhaps just briefly say hello. Elder, why don't you say hello to the listeners and perhaps just say just very briefly what it is you do in Kipra um, that is related to Nipin. I want to thank all of you for listening to us. I'm Elder Onsom from Kipra and I am the Director of Economic Management which is also leading in the implementation of the NIPIN program in Kenya. At Kipra, we have already established the NIPIN policy units, which is charged with the responsibility of implementing the NIPIN activities, capacity building, communication, and ensuring that NIPIN is mainstreamed and sustained within the policy analysis space in Kenya. And that is the task which I am undertaking at the moment under the program. Thank you, Elder. That's a really succinct um, overview of who you are. Isabella and Mohamed Nur, do you want to say hello to the listeners? Why don't you go first, Isabella? My name is Isabella Kiplagat. I am the Senior Policy Analyst for uh, NIPFIN in Kipra. Um, I am involved in the policy formulation process for the NIPFIN project the analysis and actually uh, coming up with the products which include our research papers and related uh, policy briefs and in the dissemination of the same information. As well, we do capacity building, which is part and parcel of NIPFIN. Lovely. Thank you. Mohamed Noor? Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, my name is uh, Mohamed Noor Duba. I am a corporate communications officer at Kipra and I also support uh, the NIPFIN project uh, in communication and publicity. Basically, my work is 
is uh, to ensure the publicity of the project and also the branding of the project. And as you know, uh, communication is very key for us to be able to ensure information reaches the policymakers, the uh, aspects of uh, the policy analysis that we've done, reaches the recommendations and uh, uh, the findings reaches the policymaker. Thank you, Mohammed. No, that's great. So I should say for our listeners that Jeremy and I were with you in Kenya uh, in April of this year. And we spent a whole week with all the NIPFIN teams, both within the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics, as well as KIPRA, as well as a whole host of other actors. And it was a really interesting week. And we left, as you remember, super impressed with what we saw of NIPFIN Kenya's work uh, over these past few years. We learned so much from meeting with you all. And of course, I also got to practice my rusty Swahili which I always enjoy doing. (laughs) Um, But for our listeners also, what I think is really important to say about Kenya is the enormous achievements that have been made in reducing malnutrition in recent years. So in 2022, we had the results of the Kenya-wide demographic health survey, which showed that Kenya is on course for achieving a number of the key global and national nutrition targets. So the rates of stunting have declined significantly, rates of wasting have declined. There are problems, of course, with overweight obesity, which affects large proportions of the population and anemia. But overall, the demographic health survey does show really marked improvements, which, you know, is excellent given the challenges that a country like Kenya confronts, as with many countries, sort of climate-related risks, cost of living crisis, the whole COVID and post-COVID impacts that are being experienced and other constraints that do inhibit some of the services, let's say, that are part and parcel of reducing malnutrition. But I just wanted our listeners to understand that Kenya is one of those countries that has made so much progress. And NIPVIN is an impressive um, example, really, of two national entities coming together to make even more progress towards driving down um, levels of malnutrition. So that's by way of background. I'm going to hand over to Jeremy, who's going to pose the first question for our first area of discussion. So over to you, Jeremy. Thank you, Carmel. So the first question relates to the institutional arrangements for Nippin in Kenya. Uh, as, as we know, Nippin is uh, housed within the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics and KIPRA. So the question we have really is why were these two institutions chosen and what have been the advantages or benefits of this? And have there been any unintended or unanticipated challenges of these institutional arrangements? Thank you. As we all know, Nibin had three fundamental objectives. One was to create capacity within the national institutions to operate and maintain a national information platform for food security and nutrition. The second objective was to strengthen capacity to track progress in implementing national objectives to prevent undernutrition and monitor nutrition investment in the participating countries. And the third one was to build the capacity of national policymakers and programs and also planners to make better use of uh, evidence that was being generated within the NIPIN program. And by so doing, the implementing institutions were expected to design and implement the nutrition-rated policies and also recommendations from the work that was being done. So far, Kenya uh, identified the two institutions, that is KIPRA and uh, also KNPS. This is because KIPRA is a mandated institution under the KIPRA Act, uh, which mandates KIPRA to develop human and institutional capacities by undertaking economic forecasting and policy analysis. KIPRA also looks at how to communicate policy research to impact development in the country. So given that mandate then, KIPRA was best uh, positioned to implement NIPIN not only during the program period, but also going forward after the financial support reduces 
On the other hand, KNBS is the one-stop-shop institution in Kenya where data is, that's the official data. Uh, KNBS is mandated to collect, compile, analyze, publish, and disseminate official statistics for the government. This then means the two institutions, which are state corporations under the State Department for Economic Planning, in Kenya has the responsibility to formulate, coordinate, monitor, and also evaluate various programs and policies related to not only the socioeconomic development agenda, but also more specifically in NIPIN. Therefore, uh, the positioning of this uh, project in uh, Kipra and KNPS is within the official mandate of the two institutions, which relate to providing quality statistics and also quality policy advice for not only the government of Kenya, but also for the private sector and other stakeholders. And finally, looking at the sustainability of this program, we find the two institutions already have put in place mechanisms to ensure that uh, nutrition, statistics and data and information, as well as policy analysis on nutrition is sustained in Kenya and communicated for improved uptake and impact. Okay, so what I wanted to know is if you were to name the top three achievements that you're most proud of, and relate them to the nutrition environment in Kenya. The first achievement is the development of the NIPIN web portal and the data repository, mm-hmm. which are currently hosted by KNPS and also the Cupra websites for continuity. And we wish to note that in Kenya, this is a multi-sectoral web portal, which provides a better and more systematic use of summary and visualized data on nutrition. So far, this portal has continuously been updated, and with the first uh, phase of NIPIN, a number of staff were capacity built on using the portal. And during the NIPIN Uh, extension that we have, a lot of updating is being done using the most recent data and information. The second achievement is the establishment of the NIPIN unit at Kipra. At the moment, this is being expanded to ensure that we sustain the implementation of the NIPIN activities at the institute and this is going to be a long-term initiative for both policy research on nutrition and food security at the national and county government levels and also enhancing capacity building programs for nutrition. The third achievement, NIPIN has generated a mapped harmonized nutrition framework. This framework has very strong indicators that can be used to monitor nutrition in Kenya. And I just wondered whether you could reflect on what, by the end of phase two, you're you're hoping to have achieved or further achieved. When we visited in April, one of the areas that I think we all recognise takes a long time to, to show results for is an influence or an impact on policy and another area, for example, uh, is the decentralization of Nippin to the counties. Are you hoping to make progress there? Thank you. Going forward, even after 2025, when um, the second phase is concluded, the following areas will continue. And also we are putting in place systems to ensure that they are sustained. One is inference policy at the national and county level on food security and nutrition. And to do this in the current phase of policy questions, as we implement the harmonized nutrition indicators framework, we shall be producing 47 nutrition policy briefs for all the counties. 
This we hope will influence both the KNAPs and the CNAPs, that is the Kenya Nutrition Action Plans at the county and the national levels. We also hope to have the rollout for NIPIN to counties, and this is being done uh, through both this, the, the current phase of NIPIN 1 and also the NIPIN 2, which is being supported uh, under the UNICEF. The next area is application of the skills acquired. You realize in Kipra, the staff who are implementing NIPIN are doing other functions within the institute, and this to us was uh, an achievement because then you are able to have staff who have continuity and who can implement nutrition. Uh, in uh, Kipra, we have the social sector department and also the productive sector department. The productive sector department is where we have food security and agriculture being handled at the moment. And in the social sector, that's where nutrition analysis has been undertaken, uh, uh, even as we were implementing NIPIN. So what we shall be doing is to strengthen the NIPIN policy units, where taking care of uh, the same even in our budgets to ensure that the benefits we've had from NIPIN don't um, disappear at the national and also at the county level. Uh, the institute also undertakes a number of capacity building programs. Some of those are the ones we are implementing with the NIPIN, and we hope to strengthen and continue enhancing the capacity building collaborations across sectors. And the area of um, the rollout to subnational level, the devolved units, this to us, I can say it is taking place in diverse ways. Uh, you know the NIPIN platform captures all the indicators for all levels. So we believe by so doing, we are already meeting the needs of the subnational levels. We also hope by the time we finish the, the nutrition briefs, we'll be supporting all the counties. But that said, uh, the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics and also with UNICEF, We've identified activities to be rolled out to specific counties in phases, and that to us will be key in taking NIPIN to the subnational levels or to counties. So we've heard about all the positives, Elder. What I think might be interesting for our listeners is about the kind of challenges and obstacles that you have faced in getting NIPFIN off the ground in Kenya, and that you might even be confronting now. NIPIN is not a straightforward initiative. It's trying to, and has successfully, in a number of countries, get, on the one hand, data people, statisticians, analysts, harnessing lots and lots of data sets in order to develop and generate new evidence and information that then the policy and communications people, in this case, this is Kipra, the very people we're chatting with today, to use that in order to inform policy development uh, and decision-making. That sounds really straightforward, but it, it isn't. It's complex, just getting those off the ground. But can you say a little bit to the listeners about what challenges you have faced and perhaps a little bit about how you are thinking about overcoming those. The, the first challenge that we, we had was the slow kickoff due to COVID in 2020, but that was overcome in the sense that uh, Kenya was able to adopt virtual working spaces, and that helped the Kenya not only in NIPIN, but in many other undertakings to overcome the effects of uh, uh, COVID then. Of course, like any other institution, we have high, uh, the, the Kipra uh, NIPIN faced high turnover. The staff who started with NIPIN uh, left. And uh, to tackle that, NIPIN 
uh, at Kipra was uh, taken up by the regular staff at the Institute. And that is how we have managed to uh, sustain the activities uh, of uh, the program. And also going forward, then we need to look at the sustainability of uh, NIPIN, uh, particularly when the development partner funding comes to an end in 2015, 2025. And this can be tackled first by establishing a multi-sectoral high-level uh, approach uh, of coordinating the various activities of NIPIN. And uh, this through the last project um, advisory committee that we held in Kenya in September, uh, it was adopted. And at the moment, we are working closely as all sectors to ensure that the various activities under NIPIN are sustained by the various implementing agencies, uh, strengthening the food and nutrition unit at Kipra, as well as the NIPIN um, statistics and platform at KNPS. Uh, fast tracking the policy formulation processes, this will continue after we finish the current cycle uh, where we are implementing eight policy questions. We hope to continuously every year have a policy question on NIPIN and also ensuring that the NIPIN sustainability plan and roadmap that is also being developed by the partner institutions, that is KNBS, KIPRA, UNICEF, and also the ministries, as well as the National Drought Management uh, um, Authority, is implemented and also continuous capacity building, which will now target stakeholders at national and county level are put in place as well as strengthening the communication uh, function of NIPIN and also the platform. Isabella. Elder has actually touched on uh, uh, the challenges that we've uh, faced so far. The major ones uh, being basically the issue of uh, competing activities and of course uh, thinking about sustainability as we go forward. Mohamed Nur, anything to add? Uh, thank you, Kamel. Uh, sorry, I don't uh, have anything to add. I think uh, Dr. Elder and uh, Isabella, they have uh, pretty much covered everything. And thank you, Elder. That was a very interesting work, walk through the challenges because, of course, when we were in Kenya back in April, I know that there were, were some delays with the formal sort of signing off with the phase two agreement, bringing forward the work on the sustainability strategy and action plan. So it sounds as though you've been able to overcome those impediments. Is that right, Elder? Yes, that is the position. And uh, we are now able to progress uh, with uh, both the no-cost extension as well as the NIPIN 2. And we are emphasizing on sustaining the institutional frameworks that were laid down under phase one of NIPIN. And all the partners now, they are clear on how this is being implemented. And we hope that uh, this will be seamless and also the flow of uh, resources so that no activity delays. And above all is uh, strengthening the institutions because mm -hmm. when it comes to implementing any program, uh, it is good to look at the long-term sustainability aspects. And that is the focus that the country is putting ahead of uh, uh, everything that is being implemented within NIPIN. It's really good to hear, Elder. Well done. That's uh, huge progress since April. I think Jeremy may have one final question to ask you. Over to you, Jeremy. Does um, does Kipra have, uh, do, do you feel that in Kenya, that when there is a policy question raised, there's access to all the data that you need for the analysis? And is, is the data of adequate quality? Is it sufficiently timely, not too out of date? Just a, a brief reflection on the data side of things, if you wouldn't mind. Thank you. Another um, observation maybe i like to make is the fact that we are working closely with uh, KNBS. Like as we talk now, uh, Kipra and KNBS are seated somewhere 
uh, scanning through all the indicators in the framework, asking questions on what do we have and what don't we have and how do we fill the gaps. So far, we can confirm that with the KDHS 2022, we were able as a country uh, able to get the most recent data when it comes to nutrition. And uh, what is uh, maybe coming out, and uh, Isabel will also comment on that, is obviously there are indicators in that framework that will require uh, some more computations, and KNBS are already assisting us in computing the same. And where we identify uh, data gaps that will require new data correction, we are also identifying that. With the National Droughts Management Authority also on board, we are able to get um, data which is corrected every time from 23 counties on uh, vulnerabilities, nutrition and food. And this is going to be the first time we are even assisting and working closely with the National Droughts and um, uh, Management Authority to analyze this data. So what I can say there is the collaboration has helped in meeting the data needs. Uh, two, uh, with the systems we have at the Institute, we'll be able to also keep track of those indicators. Three, where there are data gaps, we shall be discussing in detail to see what can be done now and what can be done later. Isabella. Yes, every time we think about policy, we actually have a sitting with the KNBS, and that's where uh, we, we, we identify together uh, the, the, the gaps or the data that is needed, the gaps that are in the data. And currently, we are actually seated together working on the, on the indicator framework. It's a process that ensures that we have quality data in terms of its availability, in terms of um, actually verification, just to make sure that uh, the data is correct, clean, and also a validation of the same just to make sure that we are talking about the same. So it's a process that ensures that we have quality data and actually available data for to address the policy questions that we, we come up with. Thank you so much, all of you. And it's so lovely to reconnect with you and to hear about so many positive developments with Nipin. I know, you know, it's, it is, as I said earlier, it's a complex demanding initiative, but I always feel Kipra and KMBS um, are, you know, so well equipped uh, to deliver. And what Kenya is achieving is so impressive uh, around reducing malnutrition. So thank you all so much. And we wish you all the very best. Ansantani Sana and Tutu Anana Badai, which for our listeners means see you again soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Good afternoon and welcome to our listeners to this second uh, conversation with colleagues in the Kenya National Information Platforms for Food and Nutrition that we call NITFIN, which is uh, the acronym that we'll be using. And we're joined this afternoon by two excellent colleagues who we've had the privilege to meet earlier this year, Mr. James Gatunga, who is the project manager and has been since the beginning of NIPFIN in Kenya. Do you want to say hello, James? Hello, listeners. And also by James's colleague, who is a senior data analyst for NIPFIN uh, and has enormous skills and expertise in all things data and analysis. So welcome to Samuel Kipruto. Hello, viewers and uh, listeners. Very good. Very nice to have you both here today. And also I'm joined by my colleague and co-director, Jeremy Shoham. Hello, everybody. So we're not going to say too much about Kenya NIPFIN because it's already been covered in another part of this episode. But just to point out that James and Samuel sit in the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics and we call that the acronym KNBS, incredibly important institution. And indeed, KNBS is the host of NIPFIN and has been 
since the very beginning of NIPFIN in Kenya. And for any of our listeners who know about national bureaus of statistics, they are actually quite a powerful institute because they host and manage data, all kinds of data from all walks of life in a country, be it economic, be it agriculture, be it health, all manner of data. And they work under the mandate of government. So they're mandated to carry out their roles and functions. And they are incredibly important in tracking just generally how a country is progressing. And in this instance, we're talking about Kenya. So it's a great privilege to have KMBS with us. So what we'd like to do is just drill down to a few areas in conversation with James and Samuel, who know a huge amount about NIPFIN and a huge amount about data and its analysis, particularly through a nutrition lens. So I'm going to kick off and just ask you both, I want to know how well you feel KMBS through NITFIN, through all the work of this initiative, are managing at the moment to monitor the Kenya Nutrition Action Plan. And just for our listeners to understand, the Kenya Nutrition Action Plan, and we use the acronym KNAP, is a really complex multi-sectoral plan and contains lots of lots of activities and objectives that different line ministries and development and humanitarian partners contribute to in Kenya. And to also say that Kenya is rather sitting proudly of progress with the implementation of its nutrition action plan and has seen really impressive results over recent years. So a lot of progress is being made in Kenya. It doesn't mean it's without its challenges. But what I think James and Samuel will be very interesting for our listeners to hear is how well NIPFIN is doing with the monitoring of that complex multi-sectoral, multi-stakeholder plan as you see things at the moment. So over to both of you. Uh, thank you very much, Carmel, for that question. As you had just mentioned, the role of Kenya National Bureau of Statistics when it comes to matters pertaining to statistics is normally very, very key. And uh, we have been supporting government agencies in terms of ensuring that we provide official statistics. Over and above that, when NIPIN came in place, we also complemented the efforts of the Bureau, especially in areas of nutrition and food security. So as far as the cleanup is concerned, the, the cleanup that is already coming to an end uh, started from 2018 through 2022, and therefore we didn't play a very major role as NIPIN. However, we have already, we have already together with stakeholders, participated in the X review and given some very strong recommendations in terms of uh, what needs to be done in the next plan. Uh, on addition to that, as an EPIN, we have also brought together all the stakeholders cutting across all sectors and we have developed a harmonized uh, frame of indicators that are called to CANAP. These indicators are about 130 and as a follow-up to that, we have also made sure that uh, we, have, we have already populated those indicators. Through this process, we also noticed some areas that require some attention in terms of gaps, and we are trying to liaise with the relevant uh, agencies and also Kenya National Bureau of Statistics in terms of ensuring how those indicators will be filled. So going forward, we are going to play a very key role because these indicators that we have have already also been proposed to form key uh, key process in terms of the next plan where we will be able to have these indicators being used to monitor the next plan. But the discussion is already ongoing and uh, this recommendation came through the nutrition interagency coordination committee, which we are also a member. So we look forward to ensuring that uh, the next plan, 
which is to learn from 2023 through 2027, is going to have a lot of input from uh, the NIPIN project. And uh, I think uh, this forms a very, very good avenue through which um, Kenyans will be able to, to track the progress of various in initiatives and programs that have been undertaken under under KNAP. Alongside also with that, we also have a multi-sector uh, web portal where we have load, uploaded a lot of data that could also be used by various users in terms of uh, tracking areas of uh, concern where they want to know how how certain incentives incentives programs and also commitments are also being implemented. Uh, so we are looking forward to this and um, alongside also with that, we have also started coming up with the uh, county profiles, which uh, already we have managed to do for one county, that is Isioro County. And uh, already we have started displaying this to various users so that they could also be able to give some input. And can I just jump in just for a minute, Samuel, and just to explain to our listeners that when James is talking about county profiles, some of our listeners may not know, but Kenya is a highly devolved country with 47 counties that have quite a high level of autonomy in the sense that they will have their own integrated development plans and indeed their own nutrition plans. And so Nippin in Kenya has been working quite hard, has it not, to ensure that it isn't just doing its job at the national level, but is supporting processes across the counties. So that's really exciting to hear that that work, James, has already gone on because what I'm always struck with with Kenya is if you look at the aggregated data for Kenya, it's doing really well and that is to be applauded. And then, of course, when you look down at different county level data for nutrition, you can see there's a lot of difference. Some counties making great progress, other counties perhaps finding that progress a little bit more difficult. And there are lots and lots of complex reasons for that. But I think that's why it's so exciting that NIPFIN is beginning to position itself, for want of a better word, within the needs and priorities of counties for tackling malnutrition um, in their specific context. So that's great to hear. It's also great to hear about the new KNAP, Kenya Nutrition Action Plan, that will be running from this year all the way through to 2027 and the role that you're playing in that which we heard a lot about when Jeremy and I were over with you both. Congratulations on all of that. It's very, very exciting. But Samuel, I think you wanted to jump in and add something. Thanks. Thanks so much, Kamel. I wanted only to add one more point from what James has said. Apart from now the portal, we are currently doing on our second round of policy formulation and analysis, we are now doing uh, the overall brief on these indicators. We are making uh, a brief that uh, we will upload to the net that will contain most all the indicators that we have found having data. So currently we are analyzing Camel, the all these indicators that we have um, uh, populated as James has said. So mm. on top of this, we will try again to do briefs for each county, depending on the availability of the data in each of these counties. Mm, that's excellent to hear. And actually, Jeremy and I always sort of say to other people that want to know more about Nipping, we always say just take a look at the Kenya website because it's a fantastic example of how a how to provide in a very compelling way. I mean, you call it a dashboard um, infographics on data it shows trends and it shows where different indicators are at right now. It's incredibly valuable for every country, I believe, to have that kind of. Um, dashboard and, and web presence where data can be shared. But I think Jeremy has a question that picks up on what you were just saying, Samuel, around county profiles. Um, and I know that Jeremy was interested to hear about 
sort of analysis between different counties, those that have made improvement versus those that might have a way to go. So over to you, Jeremy. How well have you been able to analyse the main drivers of change in country? How well is Nippon able to explain those differences in terms of the drivers of malnutrition? Uh, thank you so much, uh, Jeremy. Uh, you have just come in at the right time that uh, we are now starting. We have just been uh, on a workshop in one of our towns doing the kicking off of the writing of what we have identified. So among the policy issues that we have identified and we are now currently doing is the dynamics in standing levels across the counties between the 2014 and 2022. That paper has already gotten attention. We are now using DHS both of 20, 2014 and 2022 to look across these counties, what new things that did happen between 2014 and 2022 in terms of uh, programming of nutrition that led to that improvement in nutrition by almost 10 percentage points. So this paper, I hope it's one of the papers that um, we are really hoping will create a lot of uh, dialogue about the issue of nutrition programming. James, if you have something to add. Okay, thank you very much. This is one of the areas that came up even during the release of these results that Kenya really did uh, uh, marvelous in terms of uh, reduction of stunting from 26% to 18%. But again, alongside also with that, there was a lot of uh, mixed performance in terms of counties. There are some counties that improved a lot, other counties wasn't. And this has really generated a lot of concern across board. And what we have done as NIPIN, we have sat with the stakeholders, and this has been identified as one of areas that requires to be addressed through the policy cycle. So very soon we'll be able to give answer to what is this that uh, caused this kind of a drop and why are these different counties having those different performances. So learning from each county ensure that we come up with something that is very comprehensive that we can be able to provide to users and also the government of Kenya in terms of uh, what interventions need to be put in place. Actually, we have not analyzed, we are on the process of analyzing. Yes. And on top of this analysis, we are going to add uh, an extra effort to have a qualitative analysis for programmers, the key uh, interviews uh, for us to understand exactly what are the new programs that were introduced, what were the, 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 the investment levels or something like that, on top of using the already available data in DHS. So that's one additional thing that the team that uh, we had together agreed to add on top of this to unearth what actually was the issue. Thank you. Thank you, James and Samuel. Well, I, I have to say it's very tantalising uh, to hear you talk about the analysis that you're about to complete. Is it possible to give us any little tidbits into what you're learning so far, or is it still too early? It's a bit too early. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's a bit too early. Yeah. Okay, never mind. We'll just have to be patient. Just so that our listeners understand, when Samuel and James in that conversation were referring to KDHS, that is the Kenya Demographic Health Survey which are typically surveys, huge population-wide surveys that are carried out every five years or so, incredibly important surveys for all countries that conduct them. And they give reliable data on how children and indeed other population um, groups are faring in a country. And then just to add for our listeners as well, when James and Samuel are talking about doing analysis of stunting. We're talking here about the way in which children grow, particularly and specifically their height for their age, which is sort of standardized. There is an ideal range which denotes in a healthy population, healthy child population, optimal growth for their future development. So when a child is stunted, it isn't just a short child, it's a child who will struggle 
in other ways as well, including their cognitive and other developmental milestones. Now, as you said, it's going to be really exciting to see what comes out of um, all this work you're doing and these briefs. And indeed, maybe we'll get you back on the podcast to tell us what did you find out. So I'm looking forward, really looking forward to seeing the outcome of all that and analytical work. But if I might, could we just find out a little bit from you? Because when we were last in Kenya in April, um, you know, there are, were data gaps that you were experiencing. So I think what would be interesting for our listeners is to hear about how successful you are being at the moment in accessing the right complement of data for all this complex analysis that you do in KNBS. And perhaps also to say a little bit more, you mentioned it a little earlier on in the conversation about what you think the significant data gaps are that you will want to see filled. And that might not necessarily be through NIPIN, it can be through other partners and actors yes. in order to really strengthen data and the analysis and the policy um, the policy outputs that you all work on together as well. Okay, thank you again, Carmel, for the, for the question. Um, one of the areas that uh, NIPIN was to come and try to address, as you're aware, was to try and ensure that um, we maximized in terms of analysis of secondary data that is already existing in the country. And to be able also to ensure that uh, the same same data is also able to respond to some of the policy questions and gaps that have been existing in the country. So over the period that uh, we have uh, we have uh, been operating as snipping, we have successfully managed to uh, establish uh, what we call the Kenya National Archive Repository for the nipping related information. And through mm-hmm. that process, we have managed to get um, censuses and survey data that is relevant to food security and nutrition. We have also managed to get uh, administrative data from uh, our collaborating institutions, Ministry of Health in terms of um, health information that comes through the, the health information system. We have also managed to get data also from sectors like uh, like uh, livestock, like agriculture, where we normally get regularly data on production, on prices, on uh, irrigation schemes, what is coming from those irrigation schemes. We have also managed to get uh, also administrative data from uh, Minister of Education in terms of enrollment, the school feeding programs in terms of how many students are benefiting and how many schools and what they are also doing. Alongside also with that, we have also worked very hard to ensure that uh, we also are able to get some of the data that we have not been getting previously, like the smart surveys, which are very, very, very key. They have been focusing on uh, arid and uh, semi-arid areas in Kenya, regular surveys that monitors in terms of the progress in those areas. And uh, we already have over 30 surveys that are we have already validated as a project from 2015 to date. Uh, we have also managed to gather information also on climate through meteorological department. We have been compiling that data and also getting also data from, uh, from semi-arid areas in terms of uh, how the climate is also influencing the issue of food insecurity in those areas. And uh, we are hopeful that uh, with the same same progress, Kenyans will still be able to enjoy some of the data that they were not able to get initially. And most of these data, again, we once we kind of clear them from our desks, we also make sure that we, we upload. Over to you, Samuel. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, James, for this. And uh, you really explained. But what I want to say in essence is that uh, we actually upload the data that are of micro nature into the NADA. But we have the data that actually they are not in the form that can be archived in NADA. And uh, within our portal, 
we've created what we call indicator repository. So if we get data or as indicators, we are actually repositing in our repository. And if we get data that actually cannot be in the structure of uh, microsurveys, we are currently uh, uh, uploading them into our rep repository. When you get into our repository, you will see what we call data repository, uh, indicator repository. So uh, we are working very closely again, that uh, James has said, with other partners like uh, the methodological for, for rainfall data and temperature data. So we are actually populating as much as we can. And with the difficulties of getting this data, we are doing uh, as much as we can to that level. Thank you. I guess one question for me, and it's something that all of us working in the field of um, global nutrition and country nutrition is whether it's possible to track the amount and type of nutrition financing that's going on in Kenya. So, you know, what is coming from government for the implementation of the Kenya Nutrition Action Plan, what's coming from different uh, development and indeed to some extent humanitarian actors but is nutrition financing something that within NIPFIN you're able to get your hands on any useful data and do any useful analysis? Thank you, thank you Kamel and I think James will come in on this. Um, we actually we are in a, a kind of discussion with Kipra and Kipra is part uh, of the implementation of NIPIN. There was a kind of a study they did together with the UNICEF sometimes back. So we are actually having discussion on resuscitating that kind of uh, NIPIN, uh, study. And again, there is efforts that uh, we have done as NIPIN to really push our Minister of Finance to really probably give us a code of uh, expenditure that deals with nutrition. And I think that is work in progress. Maybe James can add this work in progress that uh, we are actually following as NIPEN. This is one gap that we have been having. We don't have a, a code uh, within the Votrain in Treasury, which can enable us to be able to track the track. expenditure directly on nutrition. And uh, this is something we are engaging Treasury uh, on. And uh, already because within our various committees that we are having in Nipping, we have, we have a representative from National Treasury. We are looking forward to see how this could be done. We are still pushing. And I'm also happy that uh, the way nutrition and food security is also being becoming prominent in Kenya. This is one thing that uh, I know that will be able to be addressed as soon as possible because this is one of the pillar also of the government, current government agenda and uh, transformative agenda. And I think uh, this way we'll be able to see how much is going into, into this process. Uh, again, mm -hmm. also the way the NIPIN has come up in terms of uh, uh, making sure that people start appreciating the nutrition subject. It's also another plus for us because now we are already creating what we call champions, list of champions that will be able to uh, push these agendas that we are pushing, and together we'll be able to ensure that we get that we get uh, to that level. Otherwise, Kipra again, one of uh, our implementing agency, we have also, as my colleague have just mentioned, in discussion to see how also we could be able to. Uh, update the the previous study they have already done on this, and this way we'll be able to ensure that uh, we provide this information on tracking of nutrition expenditure. Thank you both for that and that very honest reflection, James and Samuel, on those limitations. But I mean, just to say that everybody struggles with tracking um, nutrition financing because it is not straightforward. Um, but if you do succeed. I think a lot of countries around the world would be really interested to see how you approach um, that tracking and monitoring of financing. So, um, you know, don't give up because it would be such a massive contribution to the sector if you do manage to put in place a fairly robust uh, methodology for tracking how much is being spent in tackling malnutrition 
in a country like Kenya. So thanks so much for that. And I'm just going to hand over to Jeremy for the last question, I think, now, Jeremy. It is, yeah. I, I have to say, guys, um, it's so impressive listening to you again um, and hearing how you're continuously growing uh, the data sources that you use in NIPIN um, and the database to address uh, uh, the emerging policy questions uh, and, and in a way that to me says some it's a testament really to to the, rep, the the growing reputation of Nipin in Kenya and the traction that results from that to to obtain all these data and, and the trust that's growing between uh, you and the different sectors and sources of data so congratulations on that and in a way that quite seamlessly leads to the last question, uh, which is about how confident you are uh, regarding Nipin's sustainability in the event that, let's say, external development partner funding stopped. Do you see a way now for Nipin, having proven its value and worth to so many stakeholders, do you see a, a way for Nipin to sustain itself uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Jeremy and uh, listeners. Uh, one thing that I'm coming to like about Nipin is that uh, it's becoming quite exciting to the collaborating institutions and also the implementing agencies. Through this process, uh, already as we near 2025, when the Nipin is supposed to come to an end, the sectors have already agreed that they need to come up with a, a sustainability plan and a roadmap on how that uh, sustainability plan will be implemented. And they have decided that this is going to have on board all the sectors presented. So we are already having a meeting tomorrow to be able to launch that committee. And uh, already that has shown a lot of uh, interest to me that uh, that already Kenyans are really ready for nipping. The, the other exciting mm. issue also about uh, uh, this nipping is the way also sectors are taking lead in terms of uh, driving the ongoing second policy cycle drafting process. So they have already said that they are, they are now the drivers, but now Kipra, KNBS, gives them support that they require in terms of technical and all that. So again, this has shown me that uh, sustainability is going to be also mainstreamed, even as we leave, uh, as the project exit uh, from, uh, from getting funding from, uh, from uh, development partners. Again, also the other issue that uh, is also exciting, it's on the implementing agencies. That is Kenya National Bureau of Statistics and also also Kenya Institute of Public uh, Public Policy Research and Analysis. Already, Kipra have already uh, in the process of establishing a, a food security and nutrition unit as a way of ensuring that the mainstream the activities that are already being implemented under the NIPI. That again is another plus to me. Uh, the other issue that I've also noticed is that uh, KNBS, again, they have also started strengthening the unit that had those data to do with the food security and nutrition. Again, another plus eh, that gives some indications that uh, we are heading somewhere. Uh, alongside also with that, through the engagement of a sector during the last budget cycle, we were able to convince our planners that there is need of enhancement of uh, nutrition budget. And already this is something that came came out very well. Already the budget, the Ministry of Health already had their budget enhanced because of the, this initiative called NIPIN. The other issue that I also take note of uh, is that uh, uh, NIPIN again is also trying to push the agenda through the ongoing uh, medium-term plan, plan four, which is supposed to incorporate the government transformative agenda. And through that process, once this is taken on board, we can be able to ensure that uh, 
already the activities of NIPIN will be covered within the budget. So this is already an ongoing process, but we are hopeful that uh, in its completion, we'll be able to have uh, this NIPIN already onboarded and uh, uh, activities being factored for budget. The other issue that is also of interest to me is also the way the some of the counties are taking NIPIN. Already we have managed to, to have a draft portal for one of the counties, and uh, the portal is already available to users for input, although it's still at draft level. And this again have shown us that uh, counties are going to benefit a lot also from some of the these county profiles that uh, the project is generating. Again, this will trigger uh, them to be able to start also factoring some budget within the year. Uh, the main budgets, budget lines on, on areas that can be able to cover the annotation aspect. Mm. And, uh, and finally, also, the, issue, the way the MINIPIN is also now working towards inferencing uh, policies in some areas. Like the last policy that we, policies that we did, an area like water benefited a lot. Uh, again, Already we are working on cost of uh, nutritious school meals. The Ministry of Health is saying, when are you finishing this policy paper so that we could be able to make use of it to implement? So these are some of the things that uh, are showing me that uh, NIPIN have future in the country. Over to you, Samar. Uh, th thank you so much, Tim. I think I don't have much to add ex uh, except the issue of um, the sustainability in terms of if these initiatives that are being done will not move faster so that uh, as the donor funds get off there may be a gap but i'm not so sure but if they the initiatives move very fast they will there will not be a gap but if they don't move fast there will be a gap and probably mm -hmm. maybe as the the, the team discusses about sustainability, which will start tomorrow, maybe that cup could be filled or yes. So that is my concern. Yes. Right. Listen, uh, thanks so much, both of you, for that. Uh, and, I, and I have to say that um, there's no indication at all that uh, external funding will cease after this phase. So so uh, hope, hopefully that won't be an issue. But, but I think what's also um, incredibly interesting for, for Kamala and me is that it's only six months since uh, we saw you guys in, in Nairobi and there has been so much movement around sustainability. I mean, you've talked about development plan number four, you've talked about sectors doing their own policy analysis cycle because you've created a momentum, NIPIN has helped create a momentum in sectors. You've talked about the progress at county level, the visibility of NIPIN and its key influence now in, in areas of policy, where there is such a high demand for certain policy questions, talked about the increased nutrition budget, partly due to NIPIN. So, and, and of course, you've talked about this, um, uh, this sustainability initiative um, with the sectors and NIPIN and the formation of a committee. I think uh, it sounds to me like uh, you've covered so many bases. Extremely impressive. Uh, no programme is ever straightforward where it's complex in the way that NIPIN is, but very, very impressed. And it just leaves me to thank you both so much for joining us and to wish you all the very best and to ask you that uh, please be back in touch with us because I think it would be great for our listeners to hear a little bit more about differences between counties, what that has shown. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, thank you very much.